Welcome to Have an Opinion, Nick and Kyle. Back season number four. It's more like of a two, three episode series that we're doing mm-hmm. while Kyle's visiting me here in Pittsburgh. But it is the return, and you That's can right. sleep well tonight knowing that you got a full episode of Have an Opinion in. Or maybe you're breaking it up into a couple of segments. I don't care how you listen, as long as you're listening. Mm-hmm. We have a review of the Super Bowl, the halftime show, the game itself, and a review of a movie for you coming up right after the intro. That's what's on the menu. Stick around for the full course. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. And it is Nick and Kyle back at it once again in kind of a room dedicated to mm-hmm. being in the studio. As you can see, we have palm trees. That's right. That's cool. It's backdrop. Mm-hmm. It is a backdrop. But because it is have an opinion, Scare I me. did bring something down with me for the move. Don't mind me. We do. Oh. We do still have the board the og have an opinion sign i'll prop it up behind my water bottle if it, there's enough in it to hold it up oh yeah you put yours on once oh look at that now we just can't drink during this i say mine's not even touching it's all you there we go maybe that'll make you feel a little more welcome a little more like things have not changed a little more homey makes me feel homey i'm glad my home is your home anyone's home who i invite here it's your home just don't eat my food without asking hey um it's fair enough Kyle's a very good guest. He has not done that. Anyway. I try. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for sticking with us. If you're a returning listener, welcome. If you're a new listener, I just burped. Professional podcasting, as always. Um, I, yeah. I like to think there's somebody who's like just waiting for this new episode. I, one person out there is like, yes. I, you know, I, I like to think so, too. Maybe not. I, but I like to think someone will see this and be like, Oh, wait, they're back? Like, that's cool. Kyle didn't die in a fiery yeah, wreck. Kyle, Kyle's okay? Like, that's awesome. Because you have no other internet <laughs> footprint other exactly. than this show. No one knows I exist. And your Facebook that has our friend as your profile picture mm-hmm. from, like, his eighth birthday party. So And my birthday's wrong on there, too, because every year oh, somebody yeah. texts me at that date, and they're like, happy birthday. I'm like... Nope. I think I saved your actual birthday in my phone. I usually don't do that, but I think I saved your real one just yeah. because I got you get the text I got played and... before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, thank know. you, thank you very much for tuning in. Obviously, uh, probably will never be back to the weekly format, at least the way things are now, considering we live two hours away from each other. And yeah, frankly, we're not millionaires from this, so that's just not really going to happen yet. No, uh, sadly. But you know what? It's great to be back. Great to be doing some podcasting for all of you our uh, dedicated listeners uh, and mm-hmm. I say that unironically because if you look at our numbers from last uh, season season three they were consistent a little bit of growth even towards the end as it ended so naturally all of that growth probably got washed away like a some debris on a beach but you know what here we are uh we appreciate anyone who tunes in and uh yeah just thankful to uh anyone who checks us out spreads the word i know a lot of you are friends so uh mm-hmm. thanks for thanks for sticking around and uh if we can work it out we'd love to have our friends on it's always good to share opinions with others absolutely um we'll start with the super bowl yeah the game itself uh what did you think kyle uh so i enjoyed it um I had said in our group chat beforehand that it was weird seeing a Super Bowl where like I, I was happy with whoever won. Mm-hmm. I found myself rooting for the Bengals during the game. I think just because I leaned towards the underdog and it was like obvious that they were. Um, and it kind of stunk because I really thought they was going to go to overtime, that sack by Aaron Donald. Great by him because, mm-hmm. you know, it's cool seeing a defensive player 
show up in the biggest play of the game. You know, Did like, you see like Sean McVay on the sideline saying Aaron Donald's going to make a play right here? No. He, he said was that? literally on the sideline saying Aaron Donald's going to make a play. That's Aaron awesome. Donald's going to make a play. And like then he gets the sack. It's, yeah, it's great that like he was able to do that. Because it seems like – so like I like Washington. And so Chase Young's like that guy for our team. Mm-hmm. And it's always like, gosh, they double him every play. He's great. But if you're doubled, he's never getting to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so it's cool to see like the guy who's supposed to do it do it. You right. Know? And um, great for Stafford. Super happy. Oh, I, I mean. was too. I uh, that's why I rooted for the Rams. I oh, love Joe Burrow. I'm a Steelers fan, so I had a lot of issues saying flat out I want the Bengals to win. I Fair. wanted Joe Burrow Fair. to have a good game. If the Bengals won, then so be it. Uh, yeah. As a Steelers fan, I couldn't really bring myself to saying, yay, go Bengals, hooray. Well, yeah, and I hated Burrow in college. I'm an Ohio State guy, and he was supposed to be at Ohio State. Haskins got the job over him, which, granted, he was good in college, but then it's funny because Burrow went on to have like the best one-year you know, stat line right. of anybody. But now that he's in the NFL, I love him. He's fun to watch. Jamar Chase is great. I mean, really, they're all great, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, no, the I dynamic is great, especially the dynamic of Chase and Burrow from being in college together and stuff. Like, I wish there was more of that. Well, Washington had it with Haskins and Terry McLaurin, but it just didn't. Haskins didn't work yeah, out. Yeah, now he's Pittsburgh problem or savior. Maybe we'll he's got to be better than Rudolph. Not to totally get sidetracked off the bat, he has to be I, right. You would know. I don't follow I, them as I, much. I don't know if I trust either of them. I don't. I but I'm not a fan of. <laughs> I question both. I don't want to say maturity, but seriousness. I guess. Right. I don't know. I don't want to get into that right now. But uh, I, I thought the game was good. You mm-hmm. know, I thought the commercials were really lackluster. Yeah, they're really. I'm trying to think of any that stood out. I liked. The Big Lebowski bowling one with Peyton Manning. And it was like, oh, okay, you could tell there was going to be multiple commercials. But then, like, the subsequent commercials weren't funny and they weren't. And they never went. It was like, I think there were only two mm-hmm. that I remember. And one of them was just all Brooks Kepka, which was funny. But, like, right. I was waiting for the third one with, like, the bowling or a joke or maybe um, Jeff Bridges would come in, another mm-hmm. Big Lebowski character, like they had uh, Steve Buscemi. And now there's just nothing. I liked the, uh, I don't even know their names. I'm the worst. Uh, it was a Schitt's Creek reference. You ever watch Schitt's Creek? No, but I know who's in it. It's is the it... dad from American Pies, the main character. Yeah, and he's like the action star. Yeah. That one was funny. He, uh, I forget his, his name. his wife in that show, Moira. Yeah, the is, mom he from. He pulls up next to her, the mom from Home Alone, yeah. Yep. That's uh, how I know which her. It just baffles me every time I see her. I'm yeah. Like, she was the mom in Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Not even like we were alive when that came out, but it makes me feel old. Yeah, because that's she's all She's like you a know normal her. age mom mm-hmm. in that movie. Now she's like old. Yeah, and like a just, grandma. And you're like, what? Mm-hmm. It's just really weird. Uh, but no, I thought the game was good. As you said, it was really cool not to really care who won. And right. As I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I preferred the Rams to win. Mm-hmm. But the Bengals are exciting enough to where I would have been like, ooh, that stings as a Steelers fan. But also, mm-hmm. they've got a pretty good amount of likable guys on that team. Right. Yeah, they it had been Tyler easy Boyd, to... who's from the Pittsburgh area. So mm-hmm. hearing about him this week was cool, or that week. I yeah, say it was cool. A lot of good storylines too. Um, Mixon, it seems like he's never really taken that next step. This well, year would have been a great wise, one, especially the right. dude got dunked on every year, and this year he finally, I think, fantasy wise, which unfortunately is how we measure people up to if they're living up to their potential. Yeah, he uh, finally broke out he, a little bit better. And like Jamar Chase, I had him in fantasy. Oh, that's right, you and did. Have I him. traded T Higgins for Jamar Chase. There were a couple other pieces, I believe. I think this is how it happened. 
And people were like, what are you doing? Because literally that week was the week everyone was saying he can't catch the ball because there weren't white stripes on it, like in college. And there's all that stuff that he literally forgot how to catch the ball. I don't know if you heard that, but the cat just knocked something over. (laughs) I just want to make sure everything's okay. Yeah. So we might check on him a few times. Uh, But, you know, to see him actually have a record-setting rookie year was so cool. Joe Burrow, obviously, has kind of embraced this cool, calm, collected kind of persona. Mm-hmm. and Which fits him really well. It does. He He's not, like, arrogant about it. I just think he kind of knows, like, how he comes off. And so he's kind of embraced that character, yeah. the way people have built him up. And I think... I like the cigar, too. That's a cool Cigars cool are classy. Yeah. I hate cigarettes. I've made that very well known. But a cigar so, every now and then... Something about cigars, the right, yeah. The right mannerisms while you're smoking it, like... That's pretty badass. Yeah, it's, it fits it him comes well. Off well, and I hate that they're already saying he's going to be the next Dan Marino. He gets to a Super Bowl early in his career and never gets close again. Oh, if you, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. I saw a thing today that like the past twelve quarterback, I think it was twelve past twelve who oh, have I think lost. I saw this. Past twelve who have lost a Super Bowl have yet to make it back to one in their debut, right? Maybe yeah, because except for Mahomes, uh-huh. right? Well, Mahomes won his debut. Right. Oh, that's right. That's right. So if they lost their debut, that or they lost a fever it. dream. Yeah. 49ers Chiefs in 2020. Mm-hmm. I could not tell you a detail about that game other than I bet the alternative over in the third quarter and it hit and I won money on it. <laughs> I cannot tell you a play from that game because it feels like it was eons ago. Yeah. I don't remember really caring because I didn't really care who won either one. See, at the time, I still liked the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And then. Very quickly, I don't like the Chiefs anymore. They're just well, so good all the time. It's it, weird how that works. It's one of those things where it happened to me with the Golden State Warriors. I think I said mm-hmm. this on another podcast, but these teams that maybe compete, because you know when they had Alex Smith and some of those guys, they made it to the playoffs. And I know the Steelers one year beat them in the divisional round, I think it was. <laughs> right. And that's, they were there, but they weren't perennial champs or whatever right they just they never got past Mm -hmm. Steelers Patriots whoever was in the way and so like with Golden State LeBron came back whatever and Mm -hmm. it was all LeBron's finally gonna ring a ring to Cleveland and the Warriors beat them yeah and it was like holy crap that's so cool you know you got this Steph Curry guy and Clay Thompson and all these guys that were kind of emerging as stars in the league but I mean it was they ruined LeBron's you know, Cinderella. bringing a ring to Cleveland, right? At least for like a year or two. But sure. he inevitably got it, obviously, in one of the greatest perform- series of oh all my time. Gosh. And that was the year, because then right after that, didn't they go like the seventy-three or yeah. whatever it was? And then they lost in the finals, mm-hmm. which was just nuts. But like, I remember being so drawn to Golden State because they, it felt like they shouldn't have been there. Almost, in a, or it felt like they wouldn't beat LeBron in the Cavs at least. Right. And yeah, because at that time it wasn't like LeBron and Scrubs. It was mm-hmm. like a big Cavs team. It, it became just hard to support the Warriors. I've never. That, that next year they them. won those seventy-three games, and you I'm get these a, like young teenage fans on social media that just run their mouths, and they yeah. don't have the real names. They have pictures of like the star player from their team, and they're like, "Oh, your franchise is poverty." Like. Yeah. Trash. They're not good. Think of the past. And they just run their mouths and don't. Yeah. And again, there's trash talk in sports, but it's these people that I don't think respect the game or appreciate anybody other than their own. Yeah, bandwagon, essentially. I was trying to uh, make it a clearer picture, but yes, it is just a bandwagon. Right. Uh, And that's how the Chiefs kind of became to me just every time. 
they do something, it's just all of these fans in the comments that probably weren't fans five years ago running right. their mouths, and it's just you know, shut up. Appreciate the game, appreciate the talent on each team. And what I don't like about the Chiefs is that, and it's not it's because they're so good, but like they could be doing horribly, and then boom, they're right back in the game because no one can guard Kelsey mm-hmm. or Tyreek Hill. It's literally as long as Mahomes doesn't screw up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was like against Buffalo. He threw whatever pass at Tyreek Hill, and he runs by everybody, and boom, he gone. I want to see them without Tyreek Hill. Yeah? Because then you could double Kelsey Mahomes every play. Mahomes is a phenomenal talent, but I want to see what happens when you get rid of perennial, you know, One pro of them. bowl kind of talent around him. Sure. Yeah, If you because du- if, if you could double the only guy left mm-hmm. is what Hardman, I forget the other two receivers, are they good enough to be well, in single coverage, basically. When they basically. played Tampa Bay and his line crapped the bed, he was running all over the place. And granted, that's different. He doesn't even have time to throw the ball there. But, right. You know, I, yeah, they need a better line. Their defense stepped up, surprisingly. It used to be like their worst asset. Mm-hmm. Well, especially a, the way the year started, too. Yeah, they were, what, 2-3, and three, I think, to start the year? Yeah, and everyone acted like they were broken. <laughs> I thought they were. I was hoping they were because I wanted to see the Bills or somebody else do it. Uh, what did you think of the halftime show? Uh, I liked it, but... I don't like as much modern music, mm-hmm. so it was cool. Like, the rap music I do like is the old rap. So it was cool seeing all of, you know, like, 50 Cent, right. uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, it's, Eminem I like. I don't know Mary J. Blige a lot, but I thought she did fine. No, I, I thought, don't know her enough to say she was bad, you I, know. I don't know any Mary J. Blige songs. I'll I know that right one, there. the Let's Get It Started. That's the only one I know. Is that her? Isn't it? I don't know. Um, I thought she was singing that song. Maybe. I hope so. I kind of zoned her out. No offense to Mary J. Blige. Um, I don't know Kendrick Lamar. I know of him, but I don't I know his think, songs. I didn't like Kendrick Lamar's song choice. I'm not a huge fan of his, but I didn't like his song choice. Uh, but Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, I thought they were all good. Mm-hmm. I felt it was a little clunky, just like they were like, oh, crap, we have to get all of them in. Like, yeah, here. they all did a solo instead mm-hmm. of like together. But it was cool that way, too, because they each got to do their big song. So mm-hmm. I liked it. I really liked Still Dre, the way that he yep. started calmly playing it on the piano. Like, the second he sat down, I said, he's going to play Still Dre. And he just started mm-hmm. diddling around on the piano and eventually played it. And I think he was the best part of the halftime show, too. I'd agree with that. I like Dre. And, like, the crowd, I don't know how much of that was piped in, but the crowd kind of cheers while he's playing it on the piano. Mm-hmm. And then the production, like, actual speakers start playing, like, it's the in, backtrack to right. it. And they all start going crazy. Yeah. And I, I thought it was good. I thought that was, I don't want to say emotional, because, like, it didn't make me emotional, but it was, like, a cool, like, damn, this is... Right. This is cool He's kind still, of moment. I don't know what other way to say it. Well, and you don't hear a lot from Dre as mm-hmm. much anymore. At least I haven't. Plus, he's always a huge producer, so his songs you didn't hear as mm-hmm. much either. But, like, that was just so cool to me, just hearing, like, just performing that at the Super Bowl, which you're going to be like, no crap, performing it at the Super Bowl is a big deal. But right. you think about just that kind of career that he had and he made Eminem and some other people and worked with all these artists and stuff and did, oh like be collectively performing with them at the Super Bowl that's your marquee song it's about you staying true to who you are and right. despite what anyone says you've always stuck to your guns and been genuine just performing that at the Super Bowl with all these people that can probably attest to that mm-hmm. with an iconic riff like, yeah. like that song has I mean no I agree and again cool. like, I, I'm not his target audience obviously but I appreciate those kind of rap songs, R&B songs that implement other kind of 
genres in and more instrumentals than just hitting. And yeah, again, that's, it takes, that's why I like old rap. It better. takes skill to make production and just you know find random sounds. But mm-hmm. when you have like the real raw instruments, like that piano intro and right. stuff, when you're, I think it it's more impactful. It hits you more. Right. And so just, and that's one of my favorite songs of all time. And so to hear that at the Super Bowl, I wish I could paint a more vivid picture, but hopefully people get what I'm saying. Well, I assume most people watched it it too. It it was just really cool. Yeah. And I wish again, there was a better way to say it, but it was really cool. (laughs) No, I know what you're saying. Especially because you haven't heard from Snoop's been in the limelight a lot. Eminem still Mm -hmm. makes music. I don't know about Mary J. Blige, but either way, you don't see them perform a whole lot. I know Mm -hmm. Snoop's done some commentary and like boxing and whatnot. Eminem, I don't follow too, too much. I like his older music better, Mm -hmm. but... And I, uh, cool that he performed his older music too. You know what I mean? Yeah. They all they it seemed like all the songs they chose appealed to the people who would have been happy to mm-hmm. see them perform. You know what I mean? I, I really like Fifty Cent just hanging upside down. That was just a callback to the actual music video. Yep. I thought that was cool. Eminem playing Lose Yourself with you know Anderson Pack on the drums and who is um, Anderson Pack? Do you know? A, he's a singer. Oh, okay. I think he's a big producer. I too. saw his I'm name not on the super drums. Familiar with him, but yeah, he's he's pretty. He's done some stuff with Bruno Mars and a lot of other. Okay, people. I saw his name, and then I'm like, that guy's drumming pretty well, and mm-hmm. they keep showing his face. Like he's probably somebody. Yeah, he's, he's somebody. Okay, I like. I've always like seen people playing "Lose Yourself" on guitar and on TikTok, social media, mm-hmm. but to see him actually rapping over that song per- presented that way, right? Like with a more band rather than just the backtrack and him rapping over the beat i thought that was really cool and i as, prefer i'm not a huge eminem fan anymore but i was when i was growing up mm-hmm. believe it or not uh and i thought that was a really cool way to perform that song i agree uh and then when they all kind of just came together for california or not california love opened it still dre at the end i liked that i thought that was cool yeah yeah, I, that's what I was going to add at the end there. Cool that, like, because you mentioned, like, Dre made, not made Snoop and Eminem, but, like, really helped them, like, mm-hmm. rise up. Cool that it seemed like he was the highlight of the show type thing, and they were all kind of paying their respects back to him for what he did for music. That's what I liked about it, too, because he's kind of almost like the the grandfather of that. Right. My, like uh, that. my favorite part, and still Dre, Snoop says some stuff to Dr. Dre mm-hmm. as the like beginnings playing still ride runners on D, whatever it is sure and there's a part in the real song where I don't know it verbatim but he's like we're still doing this thing or something yeah but at the Super Bowl Snoop Dogg in this really corny voice just looks at Dre when he's like ad-libbing while Dr. Dre's like waiting to actually start rapping okay. and Snoop Dogg just goes I see you're still doing it <laughs> it's just, I didn't notice <laughs> it's just so funny to me I'll play it uh, in the actual episode hopefully I remember or we don't get a copyright strike but he's literally just like I see you're still doing it oh that's <laughs> it's <so> awesome it sounds so corny but it, it, I was, can see it. it was funny as hell uh my question for you, who would you like to see do it next within reason? I, I was trying to think of that the other day. I, I wish there was a big act they could get to mm-hmm. do it. Uh, but it's like, who's big enough that everybody likes enough? You know what I mean? Like, I think, like, Billy Joel, he might be too old for it. He's got mm-hmm. so many songs that, like, right. you could definitely appeal to everybody. But is he big enough in the sense that, like, do you think enough people would care? I thought 
Billy Joel too, which I'm glad. I thought you would say it, and I thought of this earlier today. Or maybe obviously. Bruce Springsteen. Somebody, because and what I was going to get into, I would rather a big band do it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the future is these like groups and like solo performances mm-hmm. together. Because it's like, who's the big arena rock bands left? Yeah. Our, you know, one of our friends said Queen, and you could get like a well, David they have Bowie. Adam Lambert. Right. You could do that. But it's like, other than them, it's not like you're going to get Led Zeppelin, yeah. ACDC's too old. The, the thing is, I was struggling to think of, you know, what demographics are they going after at this point? Well, that's true. They've because definitely leaned towards pop and if, rap. If you think back to when we were elementary, early middle school, mm-hmm. that's when they had, like, the Prince Tom Petty yep. run. I think maybe the Stones were sort of there. T- I can't remember the Rolling Stones show to save my life. But no, but they were there at some point. They were point. there. And those were on... And I never understood Tom Petty till recently in terms of why he was there. I mean, that's America's game. Yeah. The biggest sporting event in America, and that's kind of like the all-American guy. Yeah. You know, Tom Petty, that Americana kind of sound in his music. So that made sense. I didn't get it at the time because I was like nine, but I get it now. I'm trying to think of who kind of has that vibe and what direction are they actually going in because – Recently, they've had Maroon 5, they Beyonce, Coldplay, more recent, like proven, established, sure. what are the big names for this generation? Yeah, I guess Coldplay would be, because they're a, a rock band, you know what I mean? Like, I could see why they did that. Is it ever going to be in Tennessee soon? Because you could do country music I'm for Nashville. Sure. I know a lot of people have called on Con country, country music. Art. And I mean, there's enough left to where... Well, I mean, shoot. you could get like a country all-star group up there. You could get well, like Garth and I was gonna say Garth Strait and like Alan Jackson and then Garth maybe Brooks a new... sells out Notre Dame like mm-hmm. routinely. He's I mean that's his thing is the arena shows. You kind of do what they did with this one. You get three or four big country mm-hmm. icons and then bring up an up-and-coming guy, a Luke Combs, Morgan Wallen, right? One of those kind of performers. Jimmy Buffett. I don't think they do Morgan Wallen because of. You know, the fact that sure. he notably said a slur. Right. Uh, but I mean. I see what you're getting at, though. No, Luke Combs uh, would be a good one. Yeah. I like Luke Combs. Uh, he's commercial enough, too, where like hardcore country fans might be like, get him out of there with those legends. But who's the guy that sings uh, the version of Tennessee Whiskey? Uh, Chris Stapleton. Stapleton. He's good, I he's think. He's good, too. I, from what I've heard. Um, but I, I really don't know because. I, I feel you, like this ensemble cast thing is going to mm-hmm. be something moving forward because so solo acts just aren't big enough. Because they kind of had... Like Michael good, Jackson and Prince. There's right. just none of that. Well, my thought was kind of, look at these last two years. You had The weekend last year. And granted, he probably couldn't have guests because of COVID and whatnot. Right. It's tough to find someone bigger than The weekend. Mm-hmm. That show, because there was no surprise or anything, felt really lackluster to me. I love yeah. The Weeknd. He was my li- number one artist on Spotify. I like his songs, because but I agree. It didn't feel it, great. It felt like it was missing something, and sure, there wasn't a full crowd. Sure, it was weird, and he was doing that whole thing in his music videos where he like got the facial reconstruction, and they had all the bandages on their faces oh, and stuff. Oh, right. I do remember it that now. Weird. In the maze, he was going yeah. through the camera. Yeah, yeah. And it, it fell flat to me. I thought it was mediocre. I didn't go like, wow. Wow, that sucked. But yeah. you're not going to find many people bigger than The Weeknd. And I felt like just him alone was lackluster. Maybe you blame it on COVID. Sure. But, but I do think you need at least two, probably. I yeah. mean, you figure. I mean, Coldplay would have sucked, I think, if you didn't bring out Beyonce, Bruno Mars, and them. Yeah. You know? What was it? It was Shakira and J Lo. Yeah. Was there Shakira. anyone? Uh, Pitbull, maybe? Was there I somebody think they with them? Pitbull out, yeah. Okay. But, I mean, then you go to this year and you get. 
people that are probably in like their 40s, early 50s, grew up with Dre in them. Right. You got Eminem, who's probably been our age group, even maybe a little younger, yeah. a little older. Uh, and so there's a good mix there. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the halftime shows to get a big rating pop from people that might otherwise not be watching a football game. That's exactly, maybe get them that's to exactly stick right. Around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're thinking who could do that, my my first thought goes Taylor Swift. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, and she, she could probably do one on her own. She could do her country mm-hmm. music, then she could do her pop music. And she's done enough collaborations. Like, you I could feel bring like someone she could in. bring people out with her. Mm-hmm. And oh, if you look, she's not super country anymore, so like her country era fans are probably going to be watching already. Right. But, I mean, if you're trying to grow your audience in terms of women, of young adults, maybe. Right. Like, I know a ton of guys who are Swifties. You know, whatever. I'm not trying to say only women would watch. No, I see what you're saying, though. She makes music for women, whatever. I think she's very diverse in terms of people she actually gets to listen to her music. That's why Mm -hmm. she's so big. Uh, I feel like you could draw a lot of people in, maybe get them to stick around if Taylor Swift does it. Uh, My other thought would be uh, oh my God! Post Malone. Oh um, yeah, he's Post big. Malone's collaborated with Travis Scott. He's collaborated with Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, you the could. The question with him though, he's like a year or two older than us. I think he's like twenty four, twenty five. Oh really? He's had three albums that were all pretty big. Do you wait until he's more established? Like even sure. Taylor Swift's in her thirties. She's been making music since she was like sixteen or whatever. Yeah, she was. that's a good point. You know, do you take a gamble on someone who's had three-ish good albums and is right now big in the moment, and maybe they fade out in fifteen years? Like that was a really weird yeah. halftime show. That's, and not like I know every halftime show, right? But yeah, you, you don't want to get too young. You don't want to flash in the pan like they were famous for five years, right? When you look back and go. Prince, Michael Jackson, Tom Petty, right, you're Bruno not gonna... Mars, the Chili Peppers, Beyonce, and the Plain White Tees. Or, you know, you don't want some band that yeah. or artist that you're just like, what? I agree you want with that. someone that you know is going to be generational or last long mm-hmm. enough to where you don't look back and go, what the hell? Uh, I like that idea. Not getting too young with it. I like it because I listen to old music too. So obviously I'm going to lean that way. I think the I've been, as you've been talking, I've been thinking too about the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brad Paisley, Tim McGraw, Kenny Chesney, and then you can have Willie Nelson come out as like mm-hmm. the old guy who just does once. Oh, mm-hmm. Toby Keith. I know Toby Keith that would never make it there, but I love Toby Keith. I don't know where the next Super Bowl is, unfortunately, but I feel like you need to have that in the South or else you get a bunch of just dead that's why stares I said, from the audience. That's why I said Tennessee, because I think you could really get away with the country, because mm-hmm. you, you could make the whole Super Bowl-themed country yeah. when you build it up from, you know. And yeah, the nice thing about country music, too, is like you wouldn't even have to have Alan Jackson there, and they could all sing an Alan Jackson song and it'd be great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like well, that, that's Prince, what's nice about country covers during his, I think I would believe it. I don't know if his Prince or Tom Petty did covers, but I know one of them did like learn to fly by the Foo Fighters. Oh, okay. And that's what's a cool Hendrix too. Cover, maybe I think it was Prince uh, who did that, but like you can pay tribute to other artists too while you're up there. That's and the way I would lean. make it like a culmination of maybe right. your inspirations and then your own music. Oh, if they did like a Highwayman tribute with Willie Nelson. You'll and you'll never get anything better than Prince doing Purple Rain in the rain. In the rain. No, like, I, I agree I with that. I didn't know a single note of a Prince song. I'm still not a huge Prince fan, but seeing I, that, I like him. even that young, I'm like, 
this dude's got these two women in huge high heels dancing next to him in the rain on this slippery platform. Yeah. He's shredded not, on the not guitar. Not missing a beat, yep. And it's, like, perfectly, like, nothing, there's no elements distracting them. Like, they're just killing it. And yeah. it, that I dare you to find a cooler moment than that, other than maybe Michael Jackson just standing there taking it in, and the crowd's just going crazy up until he finally starts. Like, yeah. they did not die down. Those are two insanely tough-to-beat Super Bowl halftime moments. Yeah. It's crazy, too, to think that, like, that, like one person, like, there was no Michael and somebody else. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, you tried oh, to. Oh, 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 it's pill time. You're Go good. ahead. It's crazy to think that, like, oh, it's gonna slip. Sorry. Uh, crazy to think that. There we go. Those people, like, just one. Like it was just Michael. Mm-hmm. It was just Prince. That's all you needed. And now it's like, I mean, maybe there are people who could do it on their own. Obviously, the weekend it wasn't like he was scrambling. Because I remember watching that, and thinking like. Gosh, he has a ton of songs. Like, because mm-hmm. I don't listen to like as much new music. And I was like, I know every single song he's sung, right? Type thing. So like, there are people big enough to do it alone, but I don't think they're big enough in the sense of like everyone's gonna like mm-hmm. them. You know, like Prince Michael Jackson does it by himself, and everyone loves it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That people are uh, too divided. I would think. Where like I doubt there are a lot of people who are like, gosh, that Michael Jackson halftime show sucked. There right. Probably not many people who I, said I that. I doubt people uh, have said that. Right. Compared to the weekend, he did it by himself. Mm-hmm. All his songs were good. It's just it didn't really hit the same. He was just guilty of the situation, I think. Well, that too. Speaking that. of being guilty, you see that? You see that transition? We're now going to review. Oh, I thought you were talking no, about something. No, no, we got Kyle, me. folks. Wow. We got Amateur Hour over here. Well, there's, a, <laughs> there's a massive window behind me, and I'm terrified. <laughs> Something's uh, coming yeah, through. Yeah, there's just giant windows into the uh, rooms in my apartment. <laughs> you said Not by design. I moved in with someone else. That, that was not like sure. I had it customly specced that way <laughs> so I could see in on anybody. Okay, so... Me and Kyle forgot to say this, so we're recording this after the episode. Spoiler oh. warning on the movie review. We recommend uh, you go watch mm-hmm. it. I know, like, 30 people listen to this. It's a big ask for us to go go watch this and then come back and listen to sure. us. We understand. Uh, we do give our verdict, so if you haven't watched it, you don't care about spoilers, you've decided you're going to watch it anyway, yeah. we give a verdict on if it's worth watching or not. Mm-hmm. At the end of the review, we'll even time code that out for you so you know exactly where it is. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. reasons why. That way, uh, if they don't want anything ruined, they can mm-hmm. just... There might be some spoilers in there, but actually, probably not. Actually, think back to it. That yeah, was only a couple minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, the the verdict part of it really doesn't have any spoilers. Right. Uh, so you're pretty safe going there. But yeah, watch it before you watch this. Yeah. Uh, unless you've decided you're going to watch it anyway, because there are spoilers. So there you go. We're professionals. Enjoy. Uh, but yeah, the guilty on Netflix, a Netflix original. Mm-hmm. Here's my research. Uh, Ooh. Starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Riley Q, and Peter Sarsgaard. Um, really? I didn't know it was Peter Sarsgaard. Coincidentally, Jake Gyllenhaal's sister is married to Peter Sarsgaard, I found oh, out. Oh, Maggie. Via Wikipedia. Mm. There you go. She's, um, you know, like in The Dark Knight, she mm-hmm. plays... Oh, you know who Maggie Gyllenhaal is? The yeah. actress? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say what she said, I couldn't think of good. her name, though, so I'm glad you brought it up. Maggie, Because yeah, I didn't yeah. write it in my notes, and I knew I wasn't going to remember it, so I'm glad uh, someone here is competent. Yeah, she plays... Uh, <laughs> Kyle says, yeah, you're stupid. You should be thankful that I'm here. I'm the movie guy. Stay in your lane. <laughs> uh, sports is over. <laughs> sports segment's over, Nick. It's my time to shine. Uh, directed by Antoine Fuqua. Mm. Fuqua? Not sure. 
IMDb gives actually we'll start with it's a remake of a 2018 Danish film. I didn't know that. By the same name, hmm. but in Danish, as you might guess. Da, yeah. <laughs> da guilty. Um, that might not go over well. Uh, IMDb gives it a 6.3 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, 74% critic, 47% audience. So a little bit of a divide there. You know, I'd have to read the reviews after seeing it because I feel like I feel like I have an idea of what they didn't like about it. Mm-hmm. But I would say a six point whatever is good. It's the middle of the road. Uh, without before getting into it, I would say this is it was a perfect movie for the style. It's a Netflix original. It's an hour and a half. Mm. It doesn't have a huge cast. It doesn't need a huge cast, and it doesn't need a huge. It's just it's a nice ninety minute story, and so, that's all it's got to be. Right. And Go ahead. so I'll let you take the lead. Oh, cool. Walk us through it. I'll chime in. Sure. What I did for mine, we probably should have mentioned this before we started recording, but we're a little out of practice. Oh well, sure. I wrote in general what I liked, what I didn't like, and then my verdict for after the summaries. Over. Gotcha. So. I'll uh, I kind of just do my notes as I watch, mm-hmm. so that'll be I'll kind of yeah, go through. Yeah, there's things I noticed that I like wrote specifically in the review to okay. portion, but in general, I kind of have those general thoughts written out at the end. Oh yeah, that sounds uh, good. But no, why don't you walk us through the movie and uh, we can find out who's guilty? Sure. Ah, uh, very nice. Uh, so <laughs> that's two puns already on the word guilty. Uh, all right, so it's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's a star, and really he's the only big star that you see he, on the he screen. He is the movie. Right. So he is a cop, and he's basically in the 911 unit answering cell phones, or not answering cell phones, answering calls. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're in this big room. I, it's funny, I never put any thought into what goes on in a 911 room right. type thing, so it was cool to see, and it's basically like, you know, here's the one person overseeing it, and then cubicles of them all mm-hmm. getting calls, and he's in the center one it looks like a tree a dream a streamers like dream yeah. setup there's yeah. like six monitors right they got the, all these like random devices that mm-hmm. they can hit like they have little keyboards that just call transfer buttons and random stuff off to the side i liked that where he could just hit boom lapd boom you know fire department mm-hmm. um in the background of all this which is a key plot point is the fires in california i don't know how true to real life that is i just know they're in la area yeah i mean they get wildfires a lot it's not super far-fetched i thought to be like and i know they've had them recently so i don't yeah, know if that's kind of why had it... them, like literally within the last month or so there oh, okay wildfires. so Which, it makes sense it kind of fits our current time i kind of liked that because sometimes they'll make up like these random reasons why the cops reasons can't get there. why something happened in these kind of movies but this one actually felt real mm-hmm. and, like and oh, you can see in like the monitors in the background the live news feed of so that was a cool um I don't know, cool antagonist of the movie, even yeah. though it's not a person, it's still something that gets in his way. Um, and we're, it's basically alluded to that he is a on-duty police officer who's here. Um, they don't really say why he got reassigned to this division, but basically he's got a court hearing. Uh, this is what mm-hmm. Saturday night will say. He's got one Sunday morning or it's Sunday and he's got it Monday morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you kind of allude to, well, geez, what do he do? Why does this cop have to go to court? And they, you know, yeah, L.A. Times writer calls him about his side of the story yep. very early on, and we have no clue what the hell is happening. Other and than he, he kind of like, really pissed off, with right? Her, and and so then that, he gets yelled at for being on his phone, right? And so that kind of gives the assumption, like, oh, maybe he did something wrong, like for him not to want to talk mm-hmm. about it. Maybe it's like a scandal type thing. So this is where he's been assigned to work for the evening, and um, basically just he starts taking calls, and you can tell by his character he. He doesn't really treat the people that call him with the most sympathy. Yeah. I have written here uh, 
big rip to a drew and his speed addiction yeah like there, there's a guy in there that calls him and he basically just like shuns this guy and it's like i get it you can get cynical but like people call a 911 you shouldn't just <laughs> hang up on yeah, or right. like not care because there's another guy who like his bike Remember he says like I hurt my ankle I fell off my bike oh, and like yeah. this is in the heat of the movie when he's waiting for someone else to call him and he's like you know don't get drunk and ride your bike and hangs yeah. up on him like oh my god they call guy. him back he's like you get the same person I told you to call back later and he like slams the phone <laughs> says call back later this guy's ankles just yeah, shot the guy shattered <laughs> his ankle on his bike and Jake Gyllenhaal's telling him to shut up yeah it's like oh it's awful and it's weird too because and now I'll get into the plot but. You can kind of get this sense of, and it's like when when any of us answer the phone, when the phone rings five times in a row, by the fifth time, you're like, what type thing? And it's like, gosh, I couldn't imagine. Like, you can't answer that phone and be pissed. You yeah. have to actually take their call and act concerned. Yeah, it's like, gosh, that would be a brutal job, especially if everyone's, you know, busy and you got to answer all the lines. Mm-hmm. Um and I said here that a cool intro with the the 911 operator. You don't get to see that angle a lot in mm-hmm. in the media, um, and it's understandable why he's upset. But at the same time, like you got to be sympathetic with it, and it's probably more to build his character. It's a good way to show that he's sympathetic, but at the same time, he's kind of like a hard ass mm-hmm. type thing. Um, so. The reporter calls him. He hangs up, says he doesn't want to talk to her. Uh, he calls his wife before he gets into the one main call, which is mm-hmm. the whole point of the movie. It's him going I, back and forth with one. There's a scene where he looks, he clicks his lock screen, and it's a little girl. Right. And I thought his daughter died, and that was the main oh. side of the story. And kudos to oh, the movie because then that's funny. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, that's a good point. There's a little girl as his locks. I'm like, oh, like something happened to his daughter. daughter and maybe right. he snapped and that's and like hurt the person that did it or something. Right, 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 right. Uh, but no, he calls his what we learned to be separated from wife right. and asks if he can talk to her, and she doesn't answer, and so he says, "Call me back." But that was really cool that you might. They probably knew that your brain would say, ooh, yeah. maybe this has something to do with that L.A. Times article the lady wants to work on. Yeah, good, like a subtle hint almost, and his phone lights up. But then it's not it. Right. And so he gets a call from, I believe, Christine? Christy? Uh, do I have it down? Sorry, I didn't write their names down. The I'm lady? More... Like the main lady? Yeah, Emily. Yeah. Emily, thank you. Emily. I just have written Jake, like Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> you know, his name's Joe in the movie. Uh-huh. So uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Joe, gets a call from Emily, and she says she's been kidnapped by her husband, her boyfriend. Um, and really, it's kind of the usual, you know, he says, where are you at? Uh, you know, what kind of car is he driving? Mm-hmm. There's a cool dynamic of where he... The husband thinks that she's on the phone with her daughter, yeah. who's back at home with her little brother. They just left them there type thing. And so Jake, Joe, he tells her, you know, act like I'm your daughter. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of answers, yes, sweetie, no. Like, yeah, they kind of do. I'm sure you've heard it online, the, like the ordering a pizza 911 trick. And they ask you yes or no questions. Right. Um, this is that, but a little bit on steroids, I'd say. Right. And it's a cool way of, you know, him... I guess building that, you know, building the connection mm-hmm. with her and trying to figure out where she's at. And so the next good portion of, of the movie is him bouncing between her the whole movie. Well, yeah, really <laughs> him bouncing between talking with her and then also talking with highway patrol. 
and it's the problem with the bushfires that we said where, you know, when she calls, he sees on the screen, okay, boom, she's somewhere in this area, get a patrol car, look for a white van. Mm -hmm. And they've only got, you know, like one patrol car that they can really afford to take away from the fires and they can't just go willy nilly type thing. You know, they just have to use this one car try their best to follow the source mm-hmm. and they eventually find a white van and you might have like more in detail on this. I thought it was really cool. So early on they say, okay, we found this white van. We're going to pull him over. He's on the line with the LAPD officer and, um, you don't see them pull over the person. You kind of see this like haze between mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal and them like flashing lights, pulling this person over. And all you get is like the audio of them, you know, get out of the car, put your hands up. Is there anyone in the back? Do you have a wet? And it's cool because it builds this tension of like, you're watching Jake Gyllenhaal. So you're just Mm -hmm. locked in hearing what's happening. You don't get to see anything, Mm -hmm. which is cool. I thought that was a cool dynamic. Not a lot of movies Mm -hmm. that I've seen recently have that. You always, boom, you see what happens. And I don't think it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been as good at holding the tension if you saw them pull over some Joe Schmo. Mm-hmm. No, because you know it's not going to be him. It's 20 minutes in the movie. You know it's not the guy. Right. But it's still a good way of like not being, nope, it wasn't him, sorry. Mm-hmm. And then you're stuck. No, I agree. I thought that was a really cool portion. I thought us kind of learning at the same time he was learning rather than us just seeing it. Right. I thought that was a really cool dynamic. Yeah. Um. Oh, and I have written on here, the uh, highway patrol cop is kind of bitchy for the guy who knows there's a kidnapping. I don't know if you remember, he's like, Jake Gyllenhaal is telling him about it, and he's like, all right, well, pull up next to him, pull over. And the guy's like, don't tell me what to do. And I'm like, you know that there's a kidnapped person in this car. Mm -hmm. If it's the car, like, there's no, (laughs) don't get lippy with Jake Gyllenhaal because he's, I mean, and that's the other thing that's like really difficult and like. I got frustrated because you only see Jake Gyllenhaal. You're like, gosh, why aren't they doing this? Why aren't you know, like, I don't know. I got into it more emotionally than I thought I was I, going I to. I did too. A lot of people in this movie were frankly just really rude. <laughs> yeah. There weren't, none of the characters were really like, you didn't sympathize with even Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. You don't really sympathize with him. It's more like, I'm just as angry as this guy is. He has no idea. He can't see anything. I, I think there's a really good the way it's done, though, is well is good in the sense that you can tell everyone's just kind of on edge because of the wildfires and everyone's kind of sh- stripped down mm-hmm. from just in terms of available units because of everyone helping with yeah. fires and stuff. Right, and the one like highway patrol lady who patches him through or says, "Okay, I'll try and find a car for you." She's like, "I'm up to my ass in phone calls type thing." And like, so she's in the same situation he's in, mm-hmm. and it's just this tough like. It's a weird dynamic to see that like. You calling nine one one and a cop car getting to you isn't always how it goes. Mm-hmm. There's all you know. There's a lot of uh, roadblocks in the way. And so, uh, the other thing I have before we get back into Emily, which is again the whole movie, um, the guy sitting next to him, he says something to him. He's like, "What's this all about?" Or like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Mind your effing business." Type yeah, thing. he like flips out at him. <laughs> it's like he because he said something to him. And then he's like, oh, really? What was it about? And then he says, mind your effing business. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. You were just talking to this guy. <laughs> so there's a couple of scenes where it's like, it didn't really yeah, fit for him like, to be that mean to like, him. What a night. And then he's like, what's going on? He's like, what the hell do you mean? What's going on? He like, flips out at him. Like, wait, you're the one who brought it <laughs> he up. He literally like, tries to like goad this guy into hearing about what he's dealing with. And then the guy takes an interest and asks him. And he loses his shit on him. And I'm yeah. like, why'd you call attention That's to the it? Whole, yeah. 
Uh, the other thing too, Bill Burr was the, uh, I believe he was the cop. Was that Bill Burr? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was Bill Burr and then I forgot to look after the movie, but I when it the, happened, I was like, that really sounds like Bill I Burr. I heard the voice and I was like, oh, that's cool. They had Bill Burr in there. He's a good voice actor. He's got a good voice just because it's so mm. not iconic, but you know, it's, it's like him. a raspy kind of recognizable. Yeah. You know, when really it's good at playing talking. someone who's annoyed voice. Yeah. You're very good at being annoyed. Um, so he then at some point, and this is a little out of order, probably with what I've said so far, but he talks to Abby, mm-hmm. who is Emily and her husband. I forget her husband's Henry. name. Henry. Abby and Henry. Abby is Emily and Henry's daughter. Mm-hmm. Her brother is Oliver. He's like a newborn, we'll say, a baby. Yeah. He's not talking on the phone. Abby, I think, is six. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's kind of this long portion between her and Jake Hall where she he's trying to get her to give him information and I don't mean that, like, get her to give up in but the yeah. fact that she's six and, like, she just doesn't know what's happening. Well, the police also say we can't do anything until we know more of what we're looking for. Right. And so he does the, these, you know, he gets her trust, basically, and she gives mm-hmm. the phone number for her dad. Her fault, right. So then he can look up the phone number and get the license plate. Right. So it's a really important scene, and I thought it was pretty well done. I thought they made her sound innocent in the sense of, like— yeah well, my mom said I shouldn't be doing this with strangers. And mm-hmm. she's kind of hesitant, but Jake Gyllenhaal, aside from just being very angry and aggressive, like he has yeah. been for 90% of the movie at this point, right. he actually kind of calms down and channels it and just instead directs his focus and his attention, I guess, towards calming down and getting this information out of this girl because he knows the situation's not good and right. it's going to end badly and soon if he can't get someone on it. Right. And I, the one thing I'll add too is to anybody who's like thinking about watching it, regardless of what you think of our review of it, I would say on the surface, when you only hear people's voices, everyone sounded kind of bitchy in this mm-hmm. movie. And maybe that was just me, but it was no, like, that's, all I these agree. people just sound awful. And it's <laughs> like when you can't see facial, it's like when people talk you know how they say like 90 percent of the way we talk is this hand mm-hmm. gestures and the vocalization when you can't when you don't get any of that everyone sounds annoying or that facial was, reaction exactly really, you know? and so i think that's another interesting dynamic that like it made me frustrated but i think that's how they want you to feel because that's how jake gyllenhaal feels you can't see anybody you're just hearing people mm-hmm. especially you know a woman who's kidnapped and has no idea what's going on and a six-year-old girl. Like, those are hard people to talk on the phone with, right. let alone get information <laughs> out of. So, yep, she gives the cell phone number. Um, he calls Henry. Um, and I don't really have written down exactly what Henry says, but basically, until toward the end of the movie, you don't get much from Henry, you yeah, know. he doesn't open up right away in terms right. of everything that happened. Exactly. He doesn't say a lot, and it's kind of one of those, like, obviously he's not going to say where they're at. Right. Jake Gyllenhaal's trying to get out of him. He's just getting more and more pissed because this guy's just annoying at that point. Yeah. And then he's not talking to Emily anymore. Again, difficult. Um, um, when he does talk to Abby, though, the daughter, we kind of get the sense that Henry's really aggressive and, like, right. broke a bunch of stuff and has a short fuse and mm-hmm. their marriage is over, basically, uh, which is important. <laughs> I don't know if Abby says they ha- he has a knife. At some point, we find out he's got a knife, and I yeah. thought she gave it up, but I don't remember. Mm-hmm. That could be that could be wrong. Um, but basically, uh, officers get sent over. They finally get a car, and... Um, 
Jake Gyllenhaal calls his boss, basically, he calls LAPD, his boss is the, the not the chief, Sarge. Sarge. His sergeant, uh, he says, you know, oh, we got to run phones once every other month or whatever, just kind of like circling the units or whatever. And um, so he's, it's funny because there's like this dynamic between him and his sarge where like they're buddies. And then he's like, all right, I need you to send a, a car to the house for the daughter and send one to Henry's place to start investigating. Mm-hmm. And then the sergeant's like, I'm not going to do that. Oh, yeah. He gets like really angry out of nowhere. And it's this. It's this dynamic that I don't care for. It happens a lot in police and military movies where they're friends and they're buddies until it hits a point and then it becomes I'm your superior mm-hmm. and this is how it's going to go. And it's like, I get it, but it's like, could you imagine in real life, like if we were buddy-buddy right now and then you started getting on my nerves and I had to remind you that I'm better than mm-hmm. you. And it's like, that just ruined the dynamic of, the, and I get that's how it is, but it's still like... It's annoying to hear. I don't know. That's just a personal yeah. thing with me. It, it, it's just a pet peeve, I guess. The, uh, before he calls this sergeant for the second time and starts giving him direct orders and then sergeant, you know, Snaps macho back. powers him. Right. Uh, there's a really funny scene where the guy that he just talked to and flipped out at, whose name is Manny, mm-hmm. um, Joe's like, you know, I'm a bit of an asshole sometimes. Like, let's get a beer. And he's like, I'd like that, Joe. And then he goes, can I log into any computer here? And he's like, yeah. And so he just gets up and walks out. And he goes and he's like, in. what about the beer? And like, that's all. That's yeah, it. That's this poor Manny guy is so willing to look past what an aggressive jerk the Joe is, and he just doesn't have it. I like that, too, especially because he's like, we should get a beer sometime. And then Manny took that as tonight after work, we're getting a beer. Like, yeah, he was already I th- so I excited. That too. Like, J- Jake Gyllenhaal's character never says when the beer should no, be No, and that's like a common thing. People say, oh, we should get a beer sometime. And, and Manny, he was like, what about our beer? Manny assumes tonight because Jake Gyllenhaal gets up and goes into this room by himself with another setup. Man, he doesn't get like, out much. He's like, what <laughs> he about, what about beer? beer? And like, he's flipping out, and it's just, I feel bad for Manny. Yeah, I. that was rough. Um, so, and I don't know if you have things written in the order. I more have my reaction to them. But mm-hmm. at this point in the story, a couple things happen. One, uh, his boss says, I'm only going to send troops t- troops, send <laughs> officers to the house with the kids. Mm-hmm. Not going to send any to... Henry's place. Jake Joan Hall calls his partner, who is going to be a key witness in this court case mm-hmm. tomorrow. That kind of gets brought up, and he realizes he's been drinking. Yeah. And because I have that written down. His I was like, name's Rick. Yeah. Uh, and I was he's like, kind of like, you can't be drunk on the stand tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's like, don't worry about it. We'll be back on the street tomorrow, whatever. Right. And he's said he hasn't had too many drinks. He's good enough to drive mm-hmm. type thing. So he's going to go to Henry's place. Um, and there was a the one thing like, I get that you would need to go to Henry's place to maybe see where they're going, Mm -hmm. but like in a super time sensitive situation like this, is that really the, it's a weird dynamic because like Rick isn't on duty right now. Mm -hmm. So like, it's not like you're expending resources to go do this, but at the same time, like, are you really going to find where they're going Mm -hmm. is I don't. I get it and I don't get it. I um, thought it was kind of far-fetched to be like, go in their house and find an address they could be going to. And it was like, you're really going to break all... Because like, that's stuff that like could get Henry 
off scot-free like you yeah. can't just it break into like someone's home for evidence that you like need a warrant 1980 to be like you would go home and you'd find an address book like before you had cell phones and right you like, had a little booklet like our moms probably even had them oh yeah um, my mom still used you had like a little booklet everyone's, everyone's phone number mm-hmm. and their address because they're just not things you could punch into your phone and be like okay we're right sally's well and it's like unless you're gonna find a note that says you know headed to so-and-so yeah. we'll be back in two days there's you Kidnapped know the wife yeah right you're not gonna <laughs> find much so either way that's going on on one phone call that's almost how the movie gets divided is people he's on the phone with waiting to hear back from Mm -hmm. so then the officers um go to the residence um i guess it's emily's house they go to and they find abby there and Abby says that Oliver's asleep. She says that Henry said, don't go in there. He's sleeping. You know what I mean? Don't mess with him. Because earlier in the movie, Jake Gyllenhaal says, why don't you watch TV? You know, that'll calm you down. She says, it's broke. He says, go sit with your brother. And that's when she says, oh, he's sleeping. Dad told me not to go in there to wake him. And he was like, well, you could just go in there and be quiet. But mm-hmm. And so at first it seemed okay, but then... And I kind of saw this coming once the officers are there and they're in the apartment. Um... They say, all right, we got the girl right here. And they go, wait, hang on a second. There's blood all over. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of hits, like, the baby's sleeping. Don't go in there. Mm -hmm. And it's not her blood. And then that's when you hear the officer, like, oh, my God, there's blood everywhere. Mm -hmm. Go get an ambulance. And then, like, the officer obviously, like, tunes Jake Gyllenhaal out, hangs up on him because obviously a dying or dead baby is a much bigger issue. Um, And that really amplifies the story for, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal's anger and the like need to figure out what's going on. Cause now it's not just kidnapping, it's murder. You right. know, everything gets escalated, obviously. Yeah. I, uh, I was really surprised by that scene almost. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't expect Oliver to be dead. I don't know why. Well, or dying. Uh, but no, that was really emotional for some reason. Yeah. I, I agree. And plus the whole dynamic of Jake Hall with his daughter, because mm-hmm. we see his phone rings early in the movie when he's talking to Emily one of the first few times and like he can't answer it. And like just five minutes ago, he's you know begging his wife to say goodnight to his daughter mm-hmm. and now he's going to let it ring. And, and it's like, you just can't win type thing, you know. Just before this scene where we find out about Oliver getting attacked, his wife calls back and is like, you can't keep doing this, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And he tries to make small talk and she just gets really annoyed with him. And well, it's, yeah, it's like two in the morning. That's, that's about it. Yeah. And so that's, you know, it makes sense. Jake Gyllenhaal is just in a bad place mentally. Mm-hmm. This court case, the stressful nature of that job itself, you know, answering mm-hmm. phones. Um, a little funny note I had in here is like... Um, when he switches rooms, they only have like 10, 15 minutes left in their shift. Yeah. And I was like, how funny would it be if he just punched out? Yeah. He's waiting on a call back on all these people. He just <laughs> clocks out. He told he, all these people to call 911 and ask for Joe, and he just clocks out instead. And that's it. Then Manny we, comes in and says, Joe, I'm leaving. And Joe's like, I'm staying. Yep. Manny really wanted that beer. <laughs> yeah, he tried. He tried on multiple occasions. Um, I have on here. He told somebody who called 911 to F off. I believe that's the guy who broke his leg on the bike or his ankle. Um, and so then I believe he, when he calls back Henry and he just goes off on him and he's like, you murdered the kid. You you know, you have to tell him where you are. This, and he's just going off on him. And I'm thinking to myself, I get how mad you are and that's perfectly reasonable. But like, you can't just do that and expect him to be like, you know what? You're right. No, I wrote that too. I said, if this guy has a prior history... 
he already, to our interpretation, killed a child, and he's got a wife, his wife in the back of a car. Uh, why would you be berating him for who he is as a person? Right, that yeah, because it gets, like, personal. Wouldn't that make him more likely to hurt the woman? Right, if he was, like, yeah. So I was like, ooh, that's, I don't like that. Yeah, and I, I think that probably was more, like, character, not development, but, like, because... I think showing the short fuse and maybe, like, his inability to process things because of how agitated he was because of all the factors going on around him. Right, it, yeah, it was more to show his mental state than mm-hmm. what like the protocol should be right but and so obviously henry's like you're you know whatever he replies to him he's like i you know i gotta go and he hangs up type mm-hmm. thing which is obviously what you expect as soon as he started yelling at him i'm like i've seen criminal minds or law and order once you start yelling yeah. at the the killer they're not just gonna fold <laughs> yeah that's that's not how the whole like this uh personality this, works this also starts a lot of back and forth just of him calling emily and henry yeah uh yeah he'll call it'll go to voicemail he'll call again sometimes they answer they talk for a second the only uh, notable thing that's not that at this point is that rick gets to the apartment mm-hmm. and is just like there's not much here. This guy has some tickets and there's some addresses to look through, basically. Yeah, and he's like, I'll be at this all night. And he's like, well, get going. And yeah. Like, what? This all dude's right. tipsy. Barking orders. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> sorry. It's a loud thud. <laughs> and so at this point, he calls Emily, and she's in the back of the truck. And um, that's probably the longest phone call they share, mm-hmm. I would say. Um one of the more annoying ones, I thought, just because it's like, gosh, she is just so upset. And mm-hmm. I get why, but it's like, oh, my God. Is this where he, like, tells her to breathe with him? Yes, and yes. And he has asthma as, like, a thing. Like, he's always hitting his inhaler, and there's this really high-pitched, like, dog whistle sound whenever he gets too overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, because he's like, just breathe with me. And he goes to take a deep breath to, like, breathe into the mic to show her. Coughing. And he starts coughing into the mic. And then he asks questions, and she's like, I love the aquarium. Come to the aquarium with me, Joe. Yeah, he's like, what's something you do with your kids? And she got, and I, it's one of those things in this movie where it's like, if you were to watch it a second time, you'd pick up on it. Mm -hmm. But it's like, something's off with this lady. Like, I understand you're in a state of shock, but like, and she, um, she finds a brick in the back and she, you know, he tells her you got to hit him with the brick as soon as he opens that door type thing. Well, she gets moved from the passenger seat to the back because she pulls the handbrake to Joe's recommendation to try and wipe them out and it doesn't work. Right. So now she's in the back of the van and Joe's like, hit him with a brick. <laughs> yeah. And that was the best she found. It was like, all right, that makes sense. And then she, cause she goes on and on about how she can't do that. She couldn't hit him with a brick. And then. He calms her down. They talk about the aquarium. And uh, I'm pretty sure it's on this phone call. The snakes. The snakes, yeah. yeah. This is weird. Where they get talking about Oliver. I don't really know how. She talks about why she takes the kids to the aquarium and, you know, how her daughter likes the uh, the turtle. She doesn't even look at the sharks. And that's when Emily says she looks at everything and she just likes being surrounded by water. Mm. And, like, it, that's when you start thinking, like, something's off like again she's in a crazy state of mind but like why is she so why is she describing it the way she's describing yeah. it she sounds like crazy and then she gets on talking about oliver with these snakes you know these snakes in his stomach and so she had to cut them out mm-hmm. and that's when it's almost like you see it on jake gyllenhaal's face because again you're only yeah you're only watching him this whole time and you 
he's putting together at the same time. She's not the bad guy. Or she is the bad guy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Completely wrong. No, the opposite right. of what I said. Right. And then it makes sense why the blood was everywhere and mm-hmm. she killed Oliver. And at some point you find out her, oh, he talks to Rick again. Mm-hmm. And there's a psychiatric ward that's like in this mail, nothing except she was there for a little bit. I don't know if that helps mm-hmm. you. And I thought it was funny. Like I get it's all processing for Jake Gyllenhaal, but like mm-hmm. he just stays quiet on the line. And then Rick's like, hello. And he just hangs up. And I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> this guy just bent over backwards for right. you. And you know what I mean? It's this like, is yeah. the guy in the way of your freedom tomorrow in this court hearing. Exactly. And he's just like, I got the info and he just hangs up on him. Yeah. And then, uh, so at some point she opens up, she hits Chris and they, they separate. She runs off. He calls Chris basically gets Henry. Yeah. Who's Chris? There is no Chris. Why do I keep saying Chris? I don't know. Have you said Chris before? I don't think so. Okay. Well, she hits Henry. <laughs> she hits Henry. And Rick's the... Rick, either way. Rick, hits Henry. Close enough. Yeah. Calls Henry, gets his side of the story. And basically, he says, like, she was fine before this. She's off her meds type thing. Mm-hmm. He didn't have the heart to tell her that she killed Oliver. Mm-hmm. And um, now he doesn't know where she's at. And so then... He calls her, or I believe she calls him, because that's when somebody's like, there's a call for you out here, it's Emily. And he's like, patch her through. And the guy goes, what happened here? And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Not not that you have any idea what is happening Because he destroys his desk at this point, basically. Yeah, exactly, because he's furious. This whole time he's been, you know, he broke into the guy's house. He's telling her to kill him with this brick. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, pulling strings left and right to figure this all out, just to find out he was wrong, because he didn't have the right information, and he was just being played type mm-hmm. thing and yeah and then so there's some intern or whatever says oh there's a call for you and he goes patch her through hurry up type thing and he goes what happened here <laughs> why do why your whole department is time sensitive what do you yeah. mean just have a chat about him and maddie or no what was the other guy's name marty henry no no the guy who wants the beer uh manny manny him and manny are just not on the same wavelength <laughs> as jake jono Oh, I'm man. sorry, I'm terrible with, no, you're, with Nate. That's why I just I'm after. sure everyone's following right along. Um, <laughs> They're like, click. They clicked uh, off. But yeah, so basically Henry just says Emily hit him. Uh, she's the one who killed the son. She's hysterical. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Emily calls him, says she's going to find her kids and take them to the aquarium. A.K.A. jump off the overpass. And she's covered in blood. And then starts she, realizing. Yeah, because she doesn't oh. know whose blood it is. So, it, and it's it's an interesting dynamic. They paint her to be someone who's crazy that doesn't realize how crazy they are, mm-hmm. type thing, which is cool because it it adds again to the frustration of like you're almost trying to help this person because they really don't realize they're like a danger to themselves and other people. Mm-hmm. It's hard, you know what I mean. It's hard to paint that person as the villain in that sense. And then uh, Joe, we start learning about what this whole situation is uh says that it's his fault because she's like you told me to hit henry with the brick blah 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 blah. and he goes you're right it's my fault and he tries to reason with her and he admits that he killed the kid who was 19 mm-hmm. it's a teenager not a child uh depending on who you talk to i think people would agree no, it's I, 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 uh in that he did it because he was angry because the kid hurt someone right and that's really all we get mm-hmm that's it. Just that he kills. And that's probably the point, too. The, you know what I mean? The, yeah. the, like, the bare end of it. Like, he killed a kid type mm-hmm. thing. That's what he's guilty about. Ah, then, guilty. 
the police show up. Episode ends. <laughs> the police show up, and Emily hangs up the phone, and the officers get her, and everyone's like, good work, Joe. Oh, yeah, because she says, like, I'm, I'm going to leave and hangs up. Mm-hmm. And then he gets a call from the officers who say we found her. Mm-hmm. So that's good. And then the kid, li- Oliver, lives. Yeah, we found that written here with an exclamation point. I <laughs> said, he's alive, question mark. Big Oliver. He stepped up. <laughs> he clutched. And then Joe's supervisor tells him, broken people save broken people. I have written. That's a great line. And I said, that's sad. True. It is, yeah. Uh Joe goes into the bathroom, which is where the movie basically started, and he just tells Rick to tell the truth tomorrow mm-hmm. in court. And Rick's like, why? Like, you're not going to see your daughter for years. Yeah, and it's... I don't... I, I thought the acting was pretty good in that scene, because he find, like he's crying on the phone. He's barely even talking to Rick. He finally gets his composure and says to, you know, tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he says, like, you're not going to see your daughter for years, he instantly, like, breaks down and mm-hmm. starts crying again. And I was like, yeah. Oh, that's how I would imagine a father would react hearing that information. Then uh, we cut to drone footage of California wildfires and news anchor saying that Joe pled guilty in court. Yep. That's, and that's how the movie ends. One of those things like he kind of, not saved the day, but, you know, he, a happy ending from his work scenario, but a bad ending for mm-hmm. him. Um I said, you know, my final thoughts, good flick, really good with, with the tension. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the dynamic of only seeing him on the phone. One of those things, like if this movie was made in the nineties or whatever, with like a really low budget, it'd mm-hmm. be like, wow, you know, for only being able to show the guy who's on the phone, it was a pretty good budget. It's solely dialogue based. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Like I said, I got pretty frustrated. Like, gosh, why won't these people just say what's wrong, get to the point? Yeah, and it's that's not how phone calls work. It's not how 911 works. Uh, that was really good. My biggest gripe and the thing I didn't care for was, did they really need the backstory, the side story with him going to court? Did that really play? Like, couldn't you have just made him a bad father? He's got yeah. you know issues with his wife and daughter. And that's it. Mm-hmm. You didn't really need his partner to go. His partner found that she was in the psych ward. You yeah. could have found that out a different way. Mm-hmm. And even then, you didn't. You could have had his partner help out without him being in the court. Mm-hmm. It, it just it felt like a weird, like the broken people save broken people. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't have to be a broken person. Yeah, or he didn't have to murder a kid to be. You know what I, yeah. I don't. What did you think? I'll, I'll get it. Uh, the good. Yeah, uh, you you can give you. I've talked plenty. Jake uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance is really strong. Yeah, I mean, um, to make a movie like this watchable, you need a really strong lead. Considering he's one of about four characters that says anything that we actually see. Right. I agree. Uh, and granted, the other ones we barely see as this cord just starts twisting around on its own. <laughs> um, and screw it. <laughs> so not many people could have pulled that off. Uh, really strong performance on his end. Mm-hmm. Uh, kudos to him honestly for keeping that remotely interesting mm-hmm. uh i thought the storyline was engaging and entertaining uh lots of different turns and to realize things as he realized them i thought was a really unique dynamic yeah uh, unlike anything i've really seen before and it's suspenseful right from the get-go basically yeah uh, when that's he's a good taking point the calls that really don't even matter and uh kept you guessing i thought mm-hmm. uh the character development with him i thought was pretty good for a 90 minute movie and a guy who stays in one building the entire time yeah and uh, the premise is cool like a 911 operator when i think of a 911 operator i think they call they say we'll send a cop car to your house or something like i never would have thought they would take 
I know he's doing more than what they normally probably would have done. Right. But to know that they like switch between all of these different people Lines. and call these people. Yeah. Uh, that was really cool. There was a movie similar plot with Halle Berry that's came out recently. And I don't know how that movie did. I don't know the mm-hmm. plot of that movie. I don't know if that's why some people didn't like this movie. Like if you read the reviews and like, oh, it's the same as the Halle Berry movie, then fine. You know, without knowing that, I can't say. Uh, one thing I will say, one the twist was good for again, ninety minute movie with phone calls. I mm-hmm. thought that was a pretty solid twist. It kept it interesting. Uh, the other thing I was gonna say, when you put this all together, we should throw a spoiler alert somewhere in there. I realized I went right into the twist without saying anything. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> which because we usually dissect the entire movie, but just in case. Mm-hmm. Good spoiler. Um, the bad. I thought it got really stale. Um, I thought storyline-wise it was engaging the whole time, mm-hmm. but after, like, 45 minutes of seeing him sitting at the same desk for a while, mm-hmm. as cool as it was to learn things and try to imagine the things the way he had to imagine them, mm-hmm. I just thought it got really bland. I thought it got really repetitive. I and agree. As unique as it was and as much as they did make it work, mm-hmm. I thought after a while it just became way too repetitive, way too... It made me too anxious and not in a good way. Like, yes, I was anxious to find out what actually happened, where the twists were going to be. Right. But Almost anxious, like, what's taking so long? Yeah, I needed to see something because you can only watch him freak out over nothing so many many times before you get annoyed. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, please show me something else. When I watch this uh, each night before bed, so I watched it in three sittings, mm-hmm. half hour each. And I got, I was like excited for that. Cause I, remember I texted you. I was like, so you broke it up like it's a TV special almost like a three part. Yeah. Right. Cause when I go to bed and I have to wake up, I was like, Oh, I'll just chunk it out. You do have to wake up when you go to bed. <laughs> that is how sleep works. Exactly. And so, but so the last one I had was like 39 minutes. It was like the longest chunk. And I was excited. It's like, Oh, we'll find out what's happening. And each time I made sure I left at a good point where it was like, Ooh, cliffhanger type thing. And then I got to that last 30 minutes. It was like, Gosh, especially because I went to bed at like nine that night. So like literally my last chunk by the time I finished was done by like 10. And mm-hmm. it wasn't even that late. And I was like, I got so excited for that last chunk. And then it just didn't. But because by that point it drags. And I think the frustration that I was talking about were like, gosh, why is everybody so difficult on this phone? Mm-hmm. Kind of builds up to being like, like I said, that last phone call with Emily, when again, it's to show that she's crazy, but it takes a while. Yeah. The breathe with me part mm-hmm. is a little annoying because it goes on. And, and it we feel what he's feeling, which I get is what they're going after. Like we're getting annoyed, I feel like. Right. The same way he's getting annoyed, things aren't moving. But as a viewer, I felt like it made it not enjoyable to an extent. And I think you didn't have to have her constantly like saying she couldn't hit him. She couldn't do it. She can't do it without you didn't need that to show that she was crazy you know what i mean she that's what any hysterical person would do yeah you know but it went on a little long i think um let me see what i want to say here actually oh you're fine um like i said i think the whole side story with him and cord just really didn't that's what i was going to jump to because we kind of touched on something else i said Mm -hmm. uh the lack of backstory to what he actually did i think really hurt this movie because yeah, it felt like they weren't committed to it. It felt like it was just a thing they threw in there to explain why he was getting so agitated. And right. like you said, you could have been like, he was getting a divorce and wasn't going to see his daughter as much. And so that made him care about this a lot. Right. He got angry. Yeah. They could have found a way to get that Rick portion in there another way because we learned nothing about what happened to him. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed well, to be, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, 
couldn't he have been like because I get you you probably want a reason it's a good idea to have him be an everyday cop everyday detective who now has to work phone duty Mm -hmm. couldn't you have had him like he messed up a case maybe he maybe a kidnapping case and he beat the guy senseless or he went over the line type thing and now this is his punishment or whatever mm-hmm. and then now oh that makes sense why he boom jumps on Henry from the get go uh-huh. you know what I mean you could have used something that didn't require this court case the multiple phone calls from the reporter mm-hmm. and it was it's like I just I didn't like it because then yeah like at the end of the movie oh he pleads guilty and it's like okay just became a good person that at the end of the movie right because you know, you're the, like well the ending meant nothing Right, him saving her, even though he was a bad dude, mm-hmm. or we're told to believe he's a bad dude, was enough. Right. The scene where he tells Emily, oh, I killed someone too, that should have been a really emotional, like, we get everything there is to know about what happened with him. Yeah. And it didn't do that. He was just like, oh, I killed someone too. I killed the 19-year-old because he hurt somebody. And it's like, well, what, did the kid deserve it or what? Like, exactly. did the kid really, did the kid kill someone and you killed him back? But it turned out it wasn't actually him. Like, what happened? We don't, we get the bare minimum. And I feel like that scene with Emily where he goes, I killed someone too. That should be super emotional. That should be like, oh my God, this is what he did. Now we know what has been bothering him and we should right. feel something. But it just feels like okay like when do we hear more now and then we never hear that more yeah and it's and also too like him it was like she killed someone and she feels terrible and she's gonna kill herself and then he says i killed someone too and it's like does that really like like if i was if i was her and i'm on the phone Mm -hmm. and i'm like this is it i can't do it or whatever and then the guy on the phone says, I killed someone too. And it's like, what, what does that really have to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think it was enough to just stun her and stop mm-hmm. her for a second. But then other than that, it didn't, like you said, it just, the emotional weight behind it wasn't what the emotional weight should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was listening to, I was just pulling up on IMDb no, some good. user reviews, basically like not the critic reviews, the people just to see if there was, um, what's it called? The same, uh, ideas that we're having mm-hmm. it's tough too me. it's tough too on imdb because a lot of people like 10 out of 10 8 out of 10 intense mm-hmm. um it is intense and that's what makes it good jake gyllenhaal's performance is good it's intense uh a lot of turns obviously the big plot twist of she's the bad person and henry's trying to help her in the complete wrong way um my verdict on the movie uh, said an interesting premise, really intense, uh, lots of twists and turns to keep you guessing and invested in the storyline, but the repetitiveness is not enough to make up for the lack of visuals and unnecessary scenes. And unnecessary scenes is the point that when I was blanking out, because uh, I'm sure if you haven't watched it, it was tough to follow what we were even saying, because mm-hmm. like he calls her, then calls her. Some of it just felt really unnecessary. Uh, out of five, I gave it a two, which might be harsh. Well, no, because I mean, I'd, I'd well, I'd probably give it a six out of ten, maybe. F- so, with with that too, though, I would recommend watching it mm-hmm. solely because it's a really unique premise. Jake Gyllenhaal does give a good performance. It is intense. Like I felt that the whole time. It's just a lot of it feels unnecessary, and visually, I like visualizing things, and I get why they didn't, and that helps you feel that emotion. But it just kind of missed the mark, I thought. So I would say watch it if you have time, if it sounds like something you'd be interested in. But uh, it fell a little flat for me. So I, I'd say two out of five. 
I think that's fair. Uh, on here, it looks like very similar maybe to that original. And so a lot of people are saying this was just another needless Hollywood remake. Mm-hmm. A lot of people agree Hall did well. And I think that's what, I mean, you get a good actor mm-hmm. in any movie, especially a dialogue movie. They're going to well, go go wild with his, it because dialogues, you can knock dialogue out of the park type thing. A lot thing. of Netflix originals really fall flat to me. Like they're either way too corny or just sure. a really dumb concept to begin with. Yeah. Or a shitty remake that didn't have any business being made. And granted, this is a remake too. But right. It's a foreign remake. Like maybe American audiences haven't been able to see it in the a way they could understand. And one, it's passable. It's not like it's some movie you do a what the hell and turn it off, you know? And one of the persons said, you know, if you wanted to make a movie about police brutality, you should have just made one about it. And so I'm almost wondering if it's similar to the Danish movie and then maybe over there that subtle police brutality was a lot more effective whereas over mm-hmm. here it's like why didn't you just make the whole movie that because yeah. over here people you just make the movie direct you don't need that little mm-hmm. bit because it's obviously a bigger thing mm-hmm. uh, in america or at least when the movie came out obviously a hotbed issue then mm-hmm. um i would say good for what it was 90 minute thriller movie a little twist at the end good acting by Joan hall a side story that didn't need to be there, but mm-hmm. a good movie night movie if you like thrillers. It wouldn't. It, it's good that it didn't go to theaters. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that isn't a movie for the theaters. No, I think people would have fallen asleep. Yeah, <laughs> per- perfect for the avenue that it was delivered on. And oh, we hope you end enough. up on Have an Opinion Avenue again. It's great to be back. Yeah, it was. I could. I could. Oh. Kyle could cry right now. I have so much more to talk about. But hey, we've got more coming. We have more coming. More on the menu. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.